Thanks, Josh. Good morning, guys. Um, this is a first today. This is the first time I've ever taught with glasses. First time I've ever taught with one good eye. If you were in the service um, this weekend on Sunday, uh, you may have heard Chad mentioned I've developed eye problem this past week. Um, the middle of the week, uh, suddenly I lost vision in this eye and found out after going to a retina expert that I have a central vein occlusion in this eye. And what that means is that um, the vein leaving the eye going back to the heart has got some kind of crimp in it or a blockage. They don't know what. And it's caused pressure to build up uh, in the vein back into the retina of the eye, which is those little capillaries in the eye are just real thin. And the pressure forced the plasma in the blood, not the blood itself, but the plasma to leak out into my retina and short-circuited the uh, retina cells from firing. So when I look with this eye, there it looks like somebody took gray spray paint and spray painted a bunch of places. Like I can see this is a room full of people, but if, if I looked at you, I wouldn't be able to see your face. Even if you're standing right here, I couldn't make out your face. Um, now, I've had the golden mean all my life. I've been farsighted in this eye, nearsighted in this eye, never needed glasses. Um, and that's what people who get LASIK try to aim for, and that's just been natural for me. But no more. Um, I can see distance just fine, thank goodness. I mean, that's, that's the great thing about this. I can still drive. Uh, I just can't see my notes. I can't see uh, study, pick up a book to read it. I mean, you can't, if you get it far enough away, the print's too small, I can't see it. So I'm experimenting. So we're among friends this morning. I thought this would be a great place to start. I may get totally confused. I may get lost in the notes. Just we're among friends, and y'all will be patient with me, and I'm just seeing what kind of teaching I can do. Um, so I've blown up my notes. I've got these suckers on. These are just readers at a certain magnification, and that seems to help. But I'll be doing this and probably sticking myself in the eye two or three times um, as we go. Now, it, as Josh mentioned, we only have three weeks to go after this. It's hard for me to believe that we're coming down the home stretch of this semester. And you guys might remember when we began, I made two promises to you in January about this semester that I thought I could deliver on. The first promise is... Um, I said that you'll have a deeper appreciation uh, about your unique design. Okay, what moves you, what motivates you, what makes you come alive, and hopefully after uh, sifting through the Servants by Design inventory, you've come away with a deeper appreciation and understanding of who you are and what energizes you and the things you've learned there, hopefully, you realize will need to be carried forward in your life from this point forward if you're going to experience the great adventure God has for you. So I, I feel like I'm, I've delivered on that, and I'm delivering now. The second uh, promise I made to you is that when you leave here, you would have a personal mission statement, and I'm going to start delivering on that in the second half of this talk today. So we got that to look forward to. But what I want to do today is do what... Um, teachers used to do to you in junior high and high school is give you a pop quiz. In fact, I got three pop quizzes I'm going to give you today. They're going to be fun. You're going to enjoy it. 
and we'll have a great time together. Um, what I want to do is give you a quiz on the six personality styles that we have been covering to see how adept you are at identifying those styles uh, by recognizing different things on the screen. Uh, the, the first thing is I want to read to you a description of different personalities out of Dr. Tabby Kaler's book. Now, uh, his book was entitled The Mastery of Management, and Kaler is the originator of process communication model. Uh, that's the model that is the foundation of Servants by Design, where the inventory you took came from. And uh, Bill Clinton uh, says this about um, Kaler. He says, Tabby Kaler is a genius. He knows more about personality dynamics than anyone I know in the world. So Kaler's book, even though it's uh, dated uh, 1970s, it was written, it is a great resource uh, to do some additional reading. It's a great way to look at the same kinds of things we've been looking at. And so the descriptions I'm going to throw up on the screen and read and ask you what personality style they are. They come from uh, Kaler's book. So I want to dig in. Let's begin, first of all, by introducing you to Hank. It says, Hank glides through the front doors of the company's office complex as if he were walking on carp a carpet of air. He feels useful, youthful, and accepted. Good morning, George, Hank says to the security guard, a kindly man with which he feels a natural affinity. I heard your wife, uh, heard about your wife being sick. Man, I'm sorry for the difficult time you're having. You know how much... I care about you and Mary. In fact, my wife has made some delicious chicken soup for her, and if it's all right, I'd like to bring it by tonight. Okay, which personality style do you think that is? Out of the five, out of the six. Okay, what tips you off? It's harmonizer. You just guessed. <laughs> what do you know about harmonizer? They like people. They're warm, compassionate, sympathetic individuals. They have an affinity for other people. I mean, it's pretty obvious in the description that uh, he has an affinity for the security guard. Uh, their viewpoint is uh, that the way they look at life is, I feel. That's how they approach life. So that's the harmonizer. Uh, let me introduce you to Art. Tell me what you think. Art thinks through his morning schedule as he strolls briskly through the office complex doors. Good morning, Art says to the security guard. Can you let me into the computer room, please? Art thinks, old George really looks tired this, tired this morning. I think I'd better say something to encourage him. Thanks, George, Art says as he unlocks the door. You're a man we can count on day in and day out. Then Art glances at his watch and thinks, just eight minutes before I have to be at my desk, but I've got to make certain that the night staff has that proposal collated. The proposal is Art's latest extra project, a study designed to enhance shipping and receiving operations. As he reviews the paperwork, he thinks to himself, I'm certain this plan will impress the senior VP. Who do you think that is? Cheever, Why? He's thinking through the process. Yeah, he's, he's, he's thinking. But what, what, are, what are some... Goal-oriented, Goal -oriented, yeah. 
He's time conscious. He looks at his watch, eight minutes to be at my desk. They tend to be very time conscious. What else do you know? Very performance-oriented, isn't he? You mentioned task-oriented. His viewpoint is he thinks. He's thinking through things. He's not feeling his way through life. He's thinking his way through life. Okay, let me introduce you to Pete. Uh, Pete is a... Pete is evaluating some issues to be discussed at the afternoon's meeting as he arrives at the office complex a half an hour early. I hope that, uh, that management will continue to recognize my commitment to the organization. It's perfect timing that I've just volunteered to serve on the selection committee for the new training program. Certainly, they'll realize that my committee work involves extra time that time that I'm not paid for, I've just got to be sure that the boss knows the full extent of my contributions. Pete notices a young man hired just last week as a company as a company courier leaving the building with a bank satchel in one hand and a deposit slip in the other. How many potential robbers are seeing the same thing I'm seeing, Pete says to himself as the young runner dashes outside. I need to send a memo to that man's supervisor suggesting that all couriers put company money in a nondescript valet to attract less attention and cut down on the risk to company funds. I'll do that as soon as I get get to my desk. Who do you think that is? I mean, what, what tips you off as the persister? He's a... Okay, he evaluates. In fact, the lens to which he looks at life is I evaluate. What else tips you off? Persisters tend to be dedicated. He, he, he wants to be recognized, but he's willing to donate his time. You know, but he'd like to be recognized for what he did. Uh, they tend to be very, very loyal. Uh, but he, he also volunteers for a lot of stuff. That is kind of the way the persister works. Okay, uh, let me introduce you to Dean. See what you think about Dean. Dean sits quietly in his car in the parking lot, transfixed for a moment of sudden, for a moment by a sudden idea about the office environment. A novel idea triggered by a recent article in Popular Science caused him to think, you know, that may solve the annoying problem of fluctuating changes in the temperature of the conference room, he muses. Imaginative solutions, solutions to mundane problems seem to spring naturally from Dean's mind. He makes a quick note of the idea for room temperature control and then pauses again to watch the frantic action of in the parking lot. People are dashing everywhere in a vain attempt to keep dry. In marked contrast to the rainy day action, Dean opens his umbrella and walks calmly into the office complex. He slips quietly past the crowded a break room and makes a straight path toward his office. Who's that? The dreamer. What what tips you off? That's the dreamer. Okay, he's quiet. He's 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 kind of ruminating on things in his car. Read Popular Science. What else? There is one big thing in there. Well, he, he does. He does evaluate. He, he he's he's thinking about ideas all the time. 
He walks by all the people. Doesn't say, hey, guys, see you later. i got to get to my office. Goes into his office, shuts the door so he can think. That kind of tips you off a little bit. That didn't mean because you want to go in your office and think you're a dreamer, but he loves to think like that. So that's the dreamer. Uh, the way the lens to which he'd use life as I reflect. Okay, that's Pete. No, that's uh, that's Dean. Uh, okay, what about Carl? Carl has taken a long way around to the company office so he could window shop in the retail concourse on the opposite side of the complex. Uh, the concourse was a, was extra crowded because of the rain. Carl liked the hustle and bustle. It added a touch of excitement to the brisk morning. To Carl's surprise, he noticed that an elegant woman approaching one of the escalators was a senior vice president's wife, then suddenly realized that her mink coat was about to get snared in the escalator steps. He dashes to her side to prevent the unfortunate accident. My goodness, thank you, Carl, she said. My privilege, Mrs. Watson, he replied. Don't let that gorgeous fur coat even get get one blemish on it, especially a mink that looks so stunning on the wearer. By the way, have you heard anything about the important meeting your husband has scheduled for this afternoon? Who do you think that is? Catalyzer. You just figuring this out, process of elimination? What, What tips you off as catalyzer? Well, he he just he he what he says he adapted to the situation. Yeah. Notice where he went. He went with everybody. You know where the crowd was, where the hustle and bustle is. They like a lot of action and stuff. In fact, uh, their um, viewpoint is I act. What else? Catalyzers are charming. I mean, that, that's one of their best attributes. They can charm people. You see how he charms her, you know, don't want that coat to get get dirty, you know, and especially someone who looks so good in it as you. He's charming, but he's also looking for information, isn't he? I mean, he's got a different, he's, got, he's thinking a strategy. You know anything about that meeting your husband's got going this afternoon? Hoping to get a little information. They are very action-oriented. By, by the way, a great movie uh, that's, purely about a catalyzer. It's an old movie. And if you're a catalyzer, it doesn't show a catalyzer in the best circumstances. I mean, you can have good and bad of all these personality styles. Is Elmer Gantry, Pure Catalyzer. If you ever watch it's an old black and white movie. You'll watch that and you'll go, wow, that catalyzer is powerful. You get a lot accomplished. Um, okay, they're charming. They are persuasive. They initiate. They're adaptable. Viewpoint is I act. Okay, I want you to introduce you to Ernie. Okay, Ernie stands in the middle of a loud laughing group of co-workers in the office break room. He shows off a, a new electronic version of the Rubik's Cube. Okay, Ernie, but let's hope you don't solve this cube the way you solve the first one, his office buddy says, at least not before we get a shot at or two at solving it ourselves. Like the ancient emperor, emperor who had unsheathed his sword to cut the Gordian knot, Ernie uh, had gained a degree of office fame by once breaking a Rubik's Cube into many parts to help him solve its mysteries. 
Hey, what's up, Dee Dee? Ernie shouts out from the door to Doris, whose only acknowledgement is a simple nod. <laughs> and you, John, where did you get that wild cowboy hat, he says to the new staff artist who walks dripping water into the room. You trying to be Redford or Newman? In a twinkling, John quips, you can call me Raindance. His lightning wit, knowledge of movie trivia, and spontaneous humor uh, laded Ernie. Raindance, that's fast on the draw. We'll do just fine. Now, who is this? <laughs> Energizer. Some of you are catching on. Yeah, Energizer. <clears throat> what tipped you off? It's the Energizer. Yeah, they like having fun, yeah. He took apart the Rubik's Cube. I mean, he probably did it in front of a bunch of people and, you know, made a statement by it and entertained them as he did. Well, what else do you see him doing? Yeah, quick. He sees Dee Dee walk in, who may be a dreamer who didn't want to engage. Hello, Dee Dee, how are you? You know, he's just out there looking for a way to get a laugh, have fun. Um, and then, of course, the, the new art guy comes in, and he's bantering back and forth with him. Uh, th that's the Energizer. Okay, so you did pretty good. You're, you're kind of catching on. Um, I mean, that's the Harmonizer, not the Energizer, the Harmonizer. Okay, uh, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to show you some video clips of different uh, characters and you see if you can figure out what personality style they are. Uh, this first one is from the movie The Two of Us with Bruce Willis and Michelle Pfeiffer. They're driving to meet the bus to get their kids to camp. They can't miss the bus, so the kids will, will lose out on going to camp. I want you to watch this clip. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What, what? Beaches? Did I, did I go two, two pages? Um, but before we do that, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, the, okay, I'm, I'm going to throw up a few magazine covers, and I want you to tell me which personality do you think would pick up this magazine and read it, okay? This is Caribbean Travel and Life, The Undiscovered Beaches. Who would pick that up? The Dreamer, good, okay? This next one. Uh, fast company, enough talk. Catalyzer, I mean, enough talk, let's get to action. I mean, even if we run off the cliff, let's just go in and get to doing something. We could talk this thing to death. He, he's usually, or she's pretty quick on their feet to move forward, and they love to take action. How about the next one? Time magazine, how to improve your memory. Who would pick up that? An achiever would, absolutely. Okay, how about this one? Pocket games, Sonic, Crash, Boom. Energizer, yeah. I mean, I mean didn't, didn't put that back up. Didn't that look like a magazine Chad would pick up? He, I mean, anytime you go into a room and there's a, a console with a game on it, he's got it on trying to figure it out. Okay, next one. Golf, master the basics. Who would pick that up? It's the achiever. I put that one in to keep you honest, okay? 
that would be the achiever. He's always looking to improve himself and improve his score. Okay, what about this one? Uh, oh, the weekly standard, preempting terrorism. Who would pick that up? Persister. Yeah, values are important to them. They're concerned about this. How about this last one? Parents, crying uh, new uh, crying new research to help you soothe those tears. Harmonizer would probably pick that up. Okay, you did great. Good job. Now some video clips. This first one, um, can you go back one? It'll reset. Okay, this first one is the two of us. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and Bruce Willis are married. They're trying to get their kids to camp, and they're running late. So watch this clip. personality do you think Bruce Willis is? Energizer and creating fun. Oh, I mean, oh, uh, making a game out of getting behind a house going down the road. Uh, looking for ways to engage his kids. Um, okay, what about Michelle Pfeiffer? Okay, uh, she's an achiever. I mean, she, she wants to get to the bus on time. She doesn't want to miss it. And, and remember, her achiever's desire is to do things for people. That's the way they encourage others to do things. And when that goal gets blocked, I mean, she can't have any fun. Uh, she can't allow herself to, to laugh and, and be involved with the family because the goal is get them there on time, get them to camp. And until that's met, she's not going to be able to have any fun. Okay, this next one is The Family Man with Nicolas Cage and Tia Leone. Watch this clip. Welcome to Santa now. It's pretty incredible, isn't it? It's like a museum. Uh-huh. Look around. So what's the big surprise? You didn't rent this for the weekend, did you? Think bigger. For the week? This place is a perk, Kate. A perk? Mm-hmm. 
for what? A company called P.K. Lassiter Investment House uses it to attract new executives. I'm going into arbitrage, honey. It turns out I have a knack for it. Jack, what are you talking about? I'll be making twice what I make now, plus a hefty bonus, and that's just the start. And we can live in this apartment practically rent-free until we find a place of our own. Are you out of your mind? I don't think so. This is going to be a better life for all of us. We've put Annie and Josh into private schools. Annie goes to a great school, Jack. I'm talking about the best schools in the country here, Kate. Jack, what could you possibly be thinking about? What about my What about my job? Well, I mean, this is New York City. It's like the needy people capital of the world. Your Jersey clients aren't a tenth as pathetic as the ones you could find here. <laughs> I, I can't even believe you're talking about moving back into the city, Jack. I thought the reason that we left was because we didn't want to raise the kids here. No. No, this is the center of the universe. If I were living in Roman times, I would live in Rome. Where else? And today, America is the Roman Empire. New York is Rome itself. John Lennon. Jack. Listen, okay, okay, you know something? I'm detecting, like, a funky tension here, and this was supposed to be a happy day. So guess what? I don't need this. We don't have to live here. Forget it. I'll commute. I'll drive to work. In traffic, Jack, it's over an hour each way. That's like three hours every day. When are you ever going to see the kids? Kate, you're not understanding me. I'm talking about a perfect life, a great life. Everything we pictured when we were young, the whole package. You said so yourself. Life has thrown us a few surprises, so we made sacrifices. Well, guess what? Now I can finally get us back on track. I can do that, Kate. I want to do that. I, I need to do that as a man for all of us. Please just think about this for one second. No more lousy restaurants. No more clipping coupons. No more shoveling snow. Don't go get a new career without even telling me about it. And don't don't take Annie out of a school that she loves and don't move us out of a house we've become a family in. You're... you're... Don't you see? I'm talking about us finally having a life that other people envy. Oh, Jack. They already do envy us. Okay, what personality style is Jack, you think? Catalyzer. What tips you off he's a catalyzer? What behavior did you see there? Jump right? Did he include her in the decision? No, he brings her up there and announces it. Golly! I mean, no roadblock is too big. He he's going to get through whatever is in his way. So he, he announces it. He is always looking for the next um, exciting challenge. Okay, what about Kate? What personality style do you think she is? What what makes you think it's a harmonizer? Yeah, feelings tend to rule, worried about relationships, the dynamics going on, changing kids' school. We already have the perfect life. I mean, she's settled in. She's thinking about how this is going to affect the kids. Um, She's a a harmonizer. All right, let's look at the next one. This is The Accidental Tourist with William Hurt and Gina Davis. Watch this clip. 
sorry. Come on, Edward. There's nothing to worry about. Hi there. You bored dogs? Sure. I'd like to board Edward here. Do you have a reservation? A reservation? No. Oh, most people reserve. Couldn't you make an exception? I, I've just come from a place we've used in the past, and suddenly they tell me they can't take him anymore, that, that he bit someone last time. Edward, do you bite? How could you do such a thing? I'm about to catch a plane. I'm leaving for a week, and I don't have a soul to look after him. I'm desperate, I tell you. Can't you leave him home with your wife? No. You're not married? Well, I am. She's living elsewhere. They don't allow pets. Hmm. I'm a divorcee myself. I know what you're going through. So will you keep him? I guess. If you're desperate. Fill this out. Your name and address and when you'll be back. Don't forget to put when you'll be back. I'll most likely see you again when you come to pick him up. I mean, if you put the time of day to expect you. My name is Muriel. Is this place open evenings? Every evening but Sundays till 8. Oh, good. Muriel Pritchett. Can I help you? I'm here for my dog. Your last name? Leary. Oh, just a minute. Hi there. How was your trip? Oh, it was, uh... Where's Edward? Is he all right? Sure he's all right. We just got on like a house fire. Seems to took a shine to me. I couldn't say why. That's wonderful. So, um... Can I have him back, please? Carolyn, will him. Maybe I could pay. Yes. That will be $42. Signature and phone. I don't know if I mentioned before that it so happens I train dogs. Is that right? Is that your home phone or your business? Both. Why? What difference does it make? I was just wondering. My speciality is dogs that bite. Specialty. Webster prefers specialty. That must be a dangerous job. Not for me. I can handle anything. Biters, barkers. Dogs that haven't been treated right. Hello, Edward. Even split personality. Split personality? Where your dog is, like, nice to you, but kills all others. Come on, Edward. That's an editor to bite me, of course. He just fell in love with me, like I think I was telling you. Well, I'm glad to hear us. But I can train him in no time not to bite other people. You think about it and give me a call. Muriel. Remember? Muriel Pritchett. Let me give you my card. Oh. Well, I'll bear that in mind. Thank you very much. Or just call for no reason. Call and talk. Talk? Sure. Talk about Edward, his problems. Talk about anything. Pick up the phone and just talk. Don't you ever get the urge to do that? Not really. 
Okay, William Hurt, what personality style do you think he is? Dreamer, what tipped you off? He's quite, he, yeah, he, he's not picking up on anything, is he? I mean, she's flirting with him. Everyone in the room kind of gets nervous just watching it. And yet he's oblivious to the whole thing. His, his thoughts are on Mars somewhere. He's thinking about some theory. And you saw the look on his face when, at there at the end when she was giving him uh, her name and the card. You know, he's kind of like, whoa, this is weird. So he's a dreamer. What do you think Gina Davis is? Could be. Which one just doesn't give up? Keep. Well, what? Catalyzer. Yeah, she's a catalyzer. I mean, she saw. She wants to make contact, and she didn't give up. I mean, she's rebuffed this way. She comes into the on the right. He's rebuffed that way. Comes in on the left. She just keeps coming back at him. Uh, every um, time that it, she doesn't connect, she looks for a new way to connect. She's not phased by it. Notice she just jumps in. She didn't know a thing about him, but she's action or action oriented. She just jumps in and wants to get to know the guy. Okay, next one, Barefoot in the Park with Robert Redford and Jane Fonda. What else? What else was I proper and dignified? All the time. You're always dressed right. You always look right. You always say the right thing. You're very nearly perfect. That's a rotten thing to say. Before we were married, I thought you slept with a tie. No, just for very formal sleeps. Well, you have absolutely no sense of the ridiculous. Like last Thursday night, you wouldn't walk barefoot with me in Washington Square Park. Why not? Simple answer, it was 17 degrees. Exactly. It's very logical, it's very sensible, and it's no fun. Maybe you're right. Maybe I am a little bit too proper and dignified for you. Maybe you would have been happier with somebody a little bit more colorful and flamboyant, like the geek. Well, it'd be a lot more laughs than a stuffed shirt. I thought you said I wasn't. Well, you are now. Okay, what's Robert Redford? Achiever, yeah. Well, I mean, that was easy. Yeah, he's very logical, dignified. I mean, he's in control kind of thing. Okay, what type of personality do you think Jane Fonda is? Harmonizer? Energizer. What tells you she's an energizer? Spontaneous? Now, look. Took her shoes off, went walking through the park, 17 degrees. That's below freezing. He's very practical. That's stupid. I'm not going to do that. He's the, he's the achiever. She's just looking to have fun. And remember she said a whole lot more fun than a stuffed shirt, implying he's a stuffed shirt. So she's an energizer. She's uh, She likes having fun. Okay, I want you this one last one, Just Married, with Ashton Kutcher and Brittany Murphy. I want you to observe how two energizers fight, married energizers fight. Watch this clip.
Okay, what did you recognize about the way they fight? Two energizers. They're angry, but what? They're making a game out of it, aren't they? You know, I'm going to one-up you. I'm going to one-up you. They're competing with one another. You, you kind of see them laughing under the surface, but they're mad at each other. That's the way two energizers will fight. Um, well, this morning what I want to do is give you the currency of each personality style. We talk, we've talked about the currency in the past, uh, but I want to shed light on it this morning by just highlighting br- briefly. Now, the harmonizer sees the world through a I feels lens, and their currency is compassion. Compassion. That's how they engage the world. That makes sense, doesn't it? Achiever has an I think viewpoint. Their currency is logic. They engage the world looking for information, data, for logical thinking, uh, that sort of thing. Persisters, their viewpoint is I evaluate. Their currency is their values. Their values. They have strong feelings, strong beliefs. In other words, strong values they hold to. The dreamer views life through an I reflex lens, but his currency is his imagination. His imagination. Now, catalyzer, their viewpoint is I act. Their currency is their charm. Their charm. Catalyzers use charm to circumvent roadblocks to get what they're after. One way or another, they don't give up very easily. The energizer, their viewpoint is I react. Their currency is humor or playfulness, you could say. They enjoy engaging people in activities, and they love talking to people. So here's the big picture insight I want you to get from this. First of all, you need to determine the viewpoint of a a person is fluent in and then speak his or her language or currency when you want to connect with them. So you've got to determine their viewpoint, then uh, what language they're fluent in, what currency they use, and then you got to think through, so I need to speak or exchange ideas in that currency in order to communicate and connect with them. So you're, so you're listening. You're listening the kind of language that they have. You're observing what they're doing. So a guy's sitting at the table. He pounds the table, and he says, man, oh, man, I believe that. What does that behavior tell you? That's a persister. That's persister language. So you identify their persister, then you can begin speaking in the currency that will move them and motivate them and connect with them. Uh, Determine their viewpoint, the person's fluent with. That'll probably be their base. Uh, Mine is achiever. And then use that currency to connect and communicate with, with them. Most people think everyone's like themselves, and so we end up missing a person's needs and wants because we're not paying attention. For instance, consider this conversation between a harmonizer wife and an achiever husband. She says, I don't, I'm feeling bad. I don't feel good. He says, uh, when did you start feeling bad? He's looking for information. He's an achiever. She says, I, I don't know. I, I just feel bad. Well, did it start 10 this morning? Or, I mean, did it? persist until two this afternoon he's still looking for information she says i don't know i just have a headache it's a terrible headache well did you take any tylenol he's still giving information 
he looks over at his wife, and she's feeling frustrated, unloved, uncared for. Now, why is that? They're not speaking, he's not speaking her language. She wants to know that he cares for her, that he wants to engage with her in, in her language. She wants to feel cared and loved for, but she doesn't. She wants to be nurtured in a warm, sensitive kind of way. She doesn't want to be fixed by his logic. And I'm speaking to myself. We achievers have got to be careful about that when we engage with other people, especially our wives. I take another common conversation between the two, harmonizer wife and an achiever husband. Uh, wife looks at her husband and says, you know, you never tell me you love me anymore. Some of you have heard that from your wives, haven't you? Yeah, so the, the husband is thinking, what's the matter with her? I mean, golly, what happened this morning? Well, honey, I mean, why do you, why do you think I spend so many hours at work? In other words, he's giving a logical answer back. Some of you have given that answer to your wives, haven't you? Or at least thought it. How did that work? It, it, it probably didn't. Didn't at all. Because you're not meeting her and engaging her with her currency. Now, her currency is compassion. Um, she just wants to know that you love her. Not why you're so busy. And we, we who are achievers tend to do that. It's like going to McDonald's and buying a Big Mac but pulling yen out of your wallet and trying to pay with yen. Cashier will look at you like you are nuts. She'll be thinking, doesn't this idiot know that that's not the acceptable currency in the United States? I mean, who would come in here and try to pay with yen? Now, that's an exaggeration, but that's exactly the way a person interprets you speaking are you trying to connect in a different currency? And the, the wife here needs to know that her husband uh, loves and adores her, and she, he'll come across that way if he begins speaking in her currency, which is compassion. So the currency is critical. So here's a little experiment. You can do this with your wife, or you, if you're not married, you can do it with a friend or a colleague or a relative. It, when you're in the middle of a conversation, be thinking, okay, what is their base, the base of the person I'm talking to? What language are they talking in? If you can identify what floor they're on and then think through what's their currency and begin speaking that currency to them, then you can begin engaging with them in, an, in a currency that is encouraging to them and watch them begin coming alive. It's just something to begin experimenting with. And you'll see the value of being able to identify another person's currency. So, okay, what I want to do now is transition to a mission statement, and we're going to have some fun here. It's going to feel pretty detailed as we start, but it'll start making sense as we get into it. I want you to turn to the top of page 50, and I want to give you some guidelines in the process of developing your own personal mission statement. And I want to do that by showing you what I've done in the process I went through in developing my own mission statement. You notice at the top of page 50, uh, it says, Using your Servants by Design profile report, record your answers to the following statements. And then in parentheses, it says, A summary page of strengths, viewpoints, motivators of each personality part is attached to help you complete the project. Okay, where is that page? Well, I need you to turn... Keep your finger on page 50, but turn back 
to page 48, and you'll discover that page. It's a summary page. It kind of gives you an overall perspective on the six personality parts, and you'll find it helpful. And that's all I want you to do right now is just know where that page is. It's there on page 50. Okay. So I want to start working through the project, or, or page, it's on page 48. I want you to turn back to page 50, and notice on page 50, the b- big category near the top says strengths are the core assets of my unique design. Now, you remember the personality structure I put up on the board has me as an achiever in my base, my foundation, followed by that, that's extremely high, is persister. And then after that, these were, I was 55% or higher in the next two categories, catalyzer and um, oh, energizer. And uh, you'll notice I went through the strengths of all those. And, and in what I'm going to show you, I've highlighted the strengths that I think are most prevalent in my life. So you notice the next category says, as a result, the descriptive words that best describe your strengths include... So you go back to page 50. You you read what it says there, for instance, for achiever, because I'm an achiever. And on that page, it says, okay, logical, organized, responsible. I just write that in the blank. Logical, organized, responsible. I'm just transferring what it says on that page over to this page, and you'll see how it fits in just in a few minutes. But I'm not just an achiever. I'm also a persister. So I go to persister. And I copy over dedicated, observant, and conscientious. And then I do the same thing for my other two that are a, that I'm 55% or higher in. Um, I do it for the energizer and the catalyzer. Now, I want you to notice that I've listed the strengths there, and some of them are highlighted, some of them are not. Now, the reason I did that this way on the screen is so you can see the difference, but... These are the ones that really hit me is, yeah, that's me. I can be creative. I can be conscientious. Well, I'm fairly observant. I wouldn't say that's a huge strength. I'm fairly spontaneous. At times I can be playful with little kids maybe, but um, adaptable. I do kind of like things the way I like them. So I I put those there, but I really highlighted these because those are the ones I'm going to focus my attention on. So you you can see the difference between the two. So I've taken things from that summary page, and I've highlighted them down there. So you're summarizing and highlighting. And so here's what we're, we're trying to do. We're trying to take everything that you've learned from your inventory and that summary page, this inventory is like 13 pages you got back. And we're going to synthesize it down to what's in your notes, the two pages called a draft. So we're going to take 13 pages of material and synthesize it down to two summary pages. And you'll take those two summary pages and you'll begin crafting your mission statement from these two pages as we fill it out. So. Let's look at the next category. Any questions about that? Does that make sense, what we're doing? Okay. Look at the next category. It's viewpoint, perspective from which you view life, and because and because my base personality, that, that's where I am, and my foundation is an achiever, uh, it means that I view life through a thinking's first lens. So I've got achiever in that blank, and i got thinking's over here, thinking first lens, 
over here. So I'll record that. Then in the next category is motivators, the wants and needs that make me come alive. You're motivated by, and because I'm achiever, I took off of that summary page, recognition of ideas and accomplishments. And I, I just wrote them in there. I'm just transferring material over. Now, all these things are on your profile on page 50. That's I mean, coming from those two sources, the summary and your profile, and you're just synthesizing it down. So I've included the motivators from the other floors, because remember, I've got four floors above 55%. You may have just one or may have two. You may not have four. Uh, maybe somebody with five or six, who knows, but, but you're taking each one. So I took the persister recognition of convictions, uh, beliefs, I didn't highlight that as strongly. Uh, playful contact, humor, I highlighted. Needs, excitements, opportunity to make things happen. So I'm just moving that material over, trying to get it in one particular place. And by the way, let me tell you, it really encourages a person when you understand what motivates them and you begin engaging with them in what motivates them. Subject matter is the next category, okay? The resources that you enjoy working with the most. Remember I said that subject matter is like a painter choosing his medium. You can paint, paint in oils or acrylics or watercolors. So what medium do you prefer to paint in? Well, do you paint in people, data, or things? Well, if you look in... Uh, your profile on page 9, that's your profile report. If you look on page 9, it's going to tell you what you prefer. And my natural medium is the one that's in green there. Now, you may be high in all of them, but I'm, I'm looking for your highest one. And uh, my natural medium is people. So I put people down there. So I put a check by the box people. Okay, you, you can see on my profile, it's green, I've, I've kind of highlighted it here. I'm 61% people, so I end up checking the box up there, people. So I, I'm just kind of moving that data over. And then notice it says, um, record the activities under the area that you scored 70% or higher. So if you turn over one more page in your profile report, you begin seeing a page that looks like this with um, all sorts of percentage bars. So the top is data, the second is people, the bottom is things. Because my medium is people, I'm going to focus most of my time in this category. And so I'm looking for everything in that category that's 70% or higher. And I start with the highest and I begin recording it. So the first thing I record is supervising and directing work. That's 83%. And then I take persuading and influencing 75%, and I move that over. Then instructing, teaching, and training, that's 71%. Diverting and, and entertaining, that's 71%. Uh, speaking and signaling, that's uh, 71%. And those are all under the category of people. But if you look at my profile for a second, you'll see that came from here. But if I look up, I got some green up here. 
And in the category of data, my highest, it's, it's 96%. It's synthesizing and theorizing. So I'm going to include that as well. I'm going to have that in here. That's higher than anything I've got in my area of strength. So there's something about this I need to pay attention to. So I include that on that page. And that all comes from page 10 in your profile. So I just walk through here and I transfer things over, write, writing them down. And what I'm going to have you do with all the things you've written down is we're going to begin to synthesize that and write it down and summarize it in the essence of what you find there. That's too much detail to put in a, a mission statement. So if you turn to page 53, you'll notice it says abilities, the activities that describe how you go about doing things. So if you go back to your profile on page 11, that's the next page over. We just looked at, at the medium of data, people or things. Turn one page over, and it says abilities. My highest one there, number one, is initiating. That's what I'm highest in. They're, they're listed there by rank. So I write down initiating. And then I look at the phrases that are used there to describe me initiating. And what I've done in my profile is I've gone through with a highlighter and just highlighted the ones that struck a chord with me. And the ones that I went, well, I don't know about that, I, I left unhighlighted. So, with initiating, here's what I wrote down. Go on and throw it up on the screen. Okay, the, the first one is engaging in innovating ways that require pioneering and uh, pioneering new ground. So, I summarized all of these things in that statement. So, I have like three statements here under initiating. And I took it and summarized it this way, engaging involving ways that require pioneering and new ground. Okay, the second one that is emphasized there is influencing. And I've highlighted one, two, three, four, five, five of those statements. So five of those phrases really struck a chord with me. I'm not going to include five here. I'm going to summarize it. Enlisting others for impacting outcomes. That's the way I... I summarized it. Third one is conceptualizing. That's my third highest. And I've got several things marked there. I summarized it as painting mental pictures for what can be. Then under learning, I summarized everything there by uh, discovering new ideas, by watching and listening. And under communicating, presenting ideas in Scripture in compelling ways. Now, nothing in here used the word Scripture. I'm adding that because of what I do. So I talked about the scripture in compelling ways. Uh, you, you may want to make it um, related to your work. But you, you are taking all this information here under these categories and summarizing it down to a sentence or a phrase. That's what you're forcing yourself to do. Does that make sense? Okay, look at setting. That's the next category on uh, your draft. The environment in which you 
might best express your design. Well, I'm an achiever. So from page 12, if you notice how we're just following this one page at a time, we're not skipping around. Everything in your notes corresponds in order to the things in your profile. So from page 12, it says that um, in my setting, I'm uh, an achiever. So it sum summarizes, I, I tend to like clear expectations, defined roles, structure. High, I like to have control. I like high control. And uh, I'd love to be appreciated for ideas and accomplishments. That's right off of page 12. So I'm summarizing that or recording that from page 12. And then that final category, um, relationships, uh, it says the type of leadership and supervision under which you will work most productively. Again, that comes from page 12. And uh, for me, the relationship, relationships that encourage feedback and, and interaction that foster independent thinking, those are important to me and those based upon team participation and that I was able to glean that out of this paragraph here describing the under relationships. So is that making sense to you? Okay, what, what we're doing is taking everything off that summary page and your profile. We're transferring the most important things over to your draft, so you have them summarized there. They're in one place, so you're taking 13 pages, summarizing it in two pages. And we'll take those two pages and begin to draft your mission statement. So if you'll turn over to the top of the next page, it says personal mission statement according to servants by design. Um, so I've given you two really two places you can look at examples and then you can begin writing your own mission statement. You're going to take now what you have summarized on the draft, two pages of the draft, and you're going to try to, to summarize that down to maybe two or three at the most sentences describing your mission statement. So here's a sample. We've given you a couple. God is, and this is way too wordy, but this is just your first draft. And you're going to work on refining this. But remember I said at the beginning, a mission statement is something you're never finished with. It's going to evolve over our time together. It's going to evolve over, evolve over your lifetime. So this one's pretty wordy, but it's a great first pass. God has designed me to use organizational and relational abilities to lead, manage, and encourage others. I feel his pleasure when he uses me to bring wisdom to a problem, accomplish a goal, develop practical tool, or conceptualize a clear process or system. God has designed me to communicate his truth to others with an emphasis on practical application. That was my very first passion at a mission statement. That is boring, but it's, it's I'm trying to get it all in the statement. And then I got a second one there. Oh, go back. It says, God is, uh, uh, this is one, this is as I continue to refine. God has uniquely designed me to use my unique organizational and relational abilities to accomplish a significant task. 
and bring practical wisdom and encouragement to others. My primary focus is teaching and mentoring church leaders, men in transition, and people in my church. So, my first past was this, then I began working on it. This is my second pass. I've probably done 15 passes over the years, and I've continued to refine it further and further. So, does that make sense? Any questions about this? So, I've given you a little homework assignments in the past. This is homework. So, what I want you to do is work on this. Now, as you break up into your group, uh, it's going to ask you, so what did you come up as a mission statement? Well, you hadn't done that yet. That's one of the questions. But, in your group, talk about any confusion in the process. And between the five of you or how many are in your group, you ought to be able to answer that, and I'm available in case you have any questions. So, you, you, you look a little bit like deer looking in the headlights right now. <laughs> You'll have fun this week. Give it some time this week, and then next week we're going to integrate. Remember the life compass we did? We're going to begin integrating the life compass into this. And, oh, and then the sacred ground chart you filled out. We're going to integrate all that together, and you're going to come out with a great mission statement. Then you're going to take that mission statement, and you're going to pare that down eventually to a passion statement and down to a word that describes you. And you can be as creative as you want to be with that. Uh, and I'll share with you some of the things that guys have turned in that are amazing. So. Have a great time in your small group. Sorry this took longer, and I appreciate your patience with me getting confused and lost.